This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. to episode seven of the one was had a dream podcast uh we did have a week off last week uh we are now back uh, and back with a bang hopefully uh we'll be discussing the plymouth uh, arsenal games uh, and we will have a little uh talk about shrewsbury the weekend uh, and we'll be discussing all things afc wimbledon uh, and what we believe we should be discussing but my tonight's guests or today's guests are danny baker and jamie slevin welcome to the podcast boys thanks for coming on Thanks for having us, Lee. How was the beach last week, Lee? Right? Just, you know, a bit horizontal for the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the missus, uh, well, missus had a baby. So, yeah. Oh, uh, mate. Fantastic. Little Theo Taylor, Jean Finch was born four hours ago this time last week. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Any Wimbledon link? Was it, is it, is Taylor a bit of a cheeky link? Lyle Taylor, yes, after Lyle Taylor. I was a bit gutted you didn't put Grzynski in it from Deputy Grzynski, but I'll let you off with Lyle Taylor, I suppose. See, I was thinking about a K because my, my other two boys, Jack Kimball, and then I've got Ethan Kedwell. Uh, Kimball's my favourite all-time Wimbledon player. Uh, and then you've got Kedwell who scored the winning goal in the playoff final. You didn't final. think Yetel Valor, something like that, maybe? No, someone said about Kennedy, Callum Kennedy. Oh, Okay. But yeah, it's not. I'm not having that because then people think it's named after the geezer from uh, what's it called? That Australian soap, Cole Kennedy. I mean, he's a bit of a legend to be fair. But uh, yeah, so Taylor got in there. Lyle Taylor. I, I loved Lyle Taylor. Uh, but yeah, sorry, Jay, you ain't you ain't even <laughs> said hello yet. So no, I guess I guess the congratulations are in order. Um, Thanks, is that is that number three? It's the third and final one. Patrick, yeah. it's completely well, that. To be fair, it's the three I know about. I'm just glad Jeremy Carwain <laughs> on anymore because I reckon I would have been dragged up there a few times. The Magalus of the of the day, yeah. I'm sure a there's bit. an Akuku Finch somewhere if you look hard enough. I was a bit of a playboy back in my day. Well, I've had to retire now. She's uh, retired me, so. Oh, rightly so. Yes. Rightly it's so. the it's the third one. The third one. Well, Danny, you got one on the way as well, haven't you? Have mate, January. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Fair weather at the moment is probably the top pick. <laughs> Fairweather and Trond Anderson Baker. I think that's got a bit of a bit of a ring to it. I like that. Trond Anderson yeah, Baker. Jay, you 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 got any kids or anything on the way or anything? None, none that I know about, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, there's Jeremy Cole's been cancelled, so you should be right. Got a live DNA test later in the episode. Yeah, we, yeah. we 
We could do that. There's a few Wimbledon fans. I'm sure we could get on and we could go like Jeremy Carwest. Fantastic feature. Do you know what I mean? So, right, let's move on from uh, my news and we'll discuss the Plymouth game first. Boys, did you... I didn't... Obviously, I couldn't go. I was going to go. Uh, I was going to take my little one, little middle one now for his first game, but obviously couldn't go. I watched it, uh, the highlights and stuff. And what did you boys think? I thought it was interesting because... We started well, I thought, and I was reminded, having not been to football for a week, of the fact that, oh, we're quite good. We moved the ball well, and I sort of forgot about quite how good we were. And then we, they sort of finished this, the first half very strongly. And then, you know, usually when you're a goal down at Wimbledon, especially at the new ground, it's quite exciting. You were attacking the South Stand, the fans get up for it, we create stuff. But we all just went flat all at the same time. The fans went flat, the players went flat. And it was weird that belief dropped out because we've been playing so well and we've been scoring goals. And so it was, it was the least fun I've had of football basically for 18 months. Um, just because I was sitting there going, they're not, I mean, they are better than us probably and they're playing well. But I was expecting something to happen chronically. And we'll talk about this in the context of Arsenal. But I was expecting something to happen and everyone was sort of waiting for something to happen and it never quite happened. I thought we just got a bit out of experience. I think one of the things that we've got and we've been harping on about is how young and vibrant and great we are. And you can have that and it is an asset. But when you've got some guys who know what they're doing at a level and they, I thought Plymouth defended beautifully well, they had no interest after the one goal. They were not interested to come forward. They just sat back and they relatively comfortably they had a couple of shots. I thought, I thought we were a bit unlucky to lose it, but I don't know if we did enough. I don't know what you think, Jay. I don't think we did enough to win it. So it's just one of the tricky ones. I mean, a sow in the first and second half, one on one. Presley again in the first half, but I thought a draw would have been fair. But I think Plymouth. I think there'll be a. I think there'll be a eight to twelve team. I think I'm not sure they're playoffs, but solid at the back. Okay, going forward, but a team of experience. Unfortunately, we showed a bit of inexperience that day. I think. Yeah, they just figured us out, didn't they? And I think at this, yeah, that's a great word. You do figure us out. And at this stage, I think we probably are figurable, outable, if you know what I mean. Like we're young, we sort of move the ball, but we're not used to managing games, going a goal down, as well as good as we've been coming back. We're just not used to. Okay, well, here's now effectively a four-five-one. They're not going to move. They're wasting time. We just sort of didn't quite have an answer to that, and I think we could have played a lot longer without scoring. Yeah, so what I, what I saw, I thought first half, I thought we played all right, but we could have had a couple of chances. Presley could have squared it to McCormick or Asal and, and uh, I think we would have scored. Uh, I think second half, Plymouth, as you said, I think they just done a number on us, really. I think they, uh, as once they scored, they turned into Prime Wickham. Uh, and I think... Oh, it was horrendous. But it was te- horrible. <laughs> but teams win games doing that. And as much as we want to play attractive football and... We want to score goals, more goals than them, and win four threes and three twos like we have been. Sometimes you just have to sit in and get a goal and win the game, which they did. And I think also with the form that we were in and everyone, as Jamie said, that we are brilliant, like we, we're good. We're going to games now going, yeah, we're brilliant. Like against Arsenal, a few of us thought we could win against Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? And I, I think we didn't realise how good Plymouth were. And Plymouth are a good side. They're up there for a reason. They beat Sheffield Wednesday 3-1 the other week. Uh, they drew with Portsmouth. I think it's Portsmouth they drew to all with. And if they won that, they would have gone top of the league. So then there are no mugs. They've got Hardy up front, who's a good striker. And as you said, Danny, once they defended, they they took Presley out of the game. Palmer didn't want to play. So that was 
you know what I mean? That Pointless was really on the bench. weird. Like literally at heart, like before the game, I mean, me and my old man get there early. Um, before the game did warm up, half time, hobbled, maybe, didn't look interested. I wanted to ask you boys about McCormick. Me and Lee were speaking on the WhatsApp. He, he, I don't know what you felt, Jay, but he seemed to get pushed really wide, like really on the far left. And he never, he got into, he got into so many great positions and never quite got it. Have we got it right with him? Do you think? Not yet. I think there's definitely a footballer in there. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, but it's funny, like we've not had to face this problem too many times in the past where you have an attacking eight which is effectively what he is. Yeah. And what do you do with him? It's interesting. Like, do you make the whole side about him and have him as number 10? And if the answer is no, and you want a Sal in there or the shape doesn't allow it, he finds himself in like slightly strange wide positions, never quite getting into the game, all while still looking like a neat and tidy footballer. So I think we'll work that out. And when we do, we'll reap the rewards. But for now, he's just... Because I think he's a better footballer than Jack Rodini, basically. And I love Rodini. But Rodini's more effective at this point, there's no doubt. I don't know, what did you make of him playing so wide? Go on, my, my, sorry, my thing with McCormick at the moment is I think he's, we're playing him out of position. I think we brought him in, and you see it against Doncaster, we brought him in as an attacking midfielder to play behind the the, the striker. Or the two, like If you play two up front, he plays behind that. Oh, I, I agree with Jamie. I think he's a better footballer than Jack Rodoni. I think he's a better footballer than Chiswick. Uh, I just think if we're putting him out wide, we're just losing him. And, and there's no point. Like where Assal can play out wide, he can play through the middle. He can play anywhere across the three, anywhere in in on the wings where McCormick ain't a winger. I don't think he played there for Bristol Rovers. I don't think he played there for Chelsea. I just think we're losing that kind of play. And we're, I'm, I'm struggling with him at the moment. I don't know if it's him. But again, I think it's Robbo playing him in a position that ain't his favoured position. Yeah, and it's subtle though too, because when we went to Doncaster on the first day, we had the three, we had um, Rodini, Asal and McCormick, and they were kind of floating, so it didn't really matter that one of them was technically speaking on the left and technically speaking on the right. And if we're going to keep on swapping them round and having lots of the ball, that's one thing. But if he's like stuck to the left-hand side and that's his position and his man is the right back, that doesn't work anymore. It's just quite a romantic idea, like we can play these three floaters swapping in between the lines. And if we can do that, that's fine. Um, but if we're thinking about having him as a left winger, I think it's a total waste of a footballer. I mean, I never see Rodoni on the left. I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, please tell me. I always see Rodoni more on the right. And you normally see McCormick on the left. And I think that, in many ways, the prominence of a Sal being the pain in the arse that he is, and he pops up everywhere, doesn't he, a Sal? I feel that, in many ways, we've kind of got this a Sal free reign, Rodoni more on the right and McCormick more on the left. But I definitely think he's a quality footballer. I mean, he, I think he's got a lot to offer. And I just feel with him in particular, me and my dad were just saying on Saturday, the amount of times he got into great places and just didn't get the ball. Like Guinness Walker or whoever's a left-back got into good position. I think it was Charlie's arm against Plymouth. And he got into position, he was like, you know, screaming for it. He just doesn't, he hasn't quite got on the ball enough. And he obviously set up Ollie Palmer's header against uh, Gillingham, which is a good cross. So he's obviously a decent player. And I think they're the three that work. I just, I don't quite think we've got it right with him. But I think he, I agree with you, Jay. I think he's, I think he's a good footballer. And I think he's a great asset. I just, I'm, I'm trying to work out. For me, he just does seven out of 10, seven out of 10, seven out of 10. He's waiting for that nine game. He's waiting for that game where he goes through, takes on a couple, scores a blinder, which I know he scored at Doncaster. He's kind of waiting for that breakout game. Rodoni had it against Oxford. Asals had it in a number of games. 
McCormick is just waiting, I think, for that big game, and then I think we'll be. I think he'll be off. Yeah, no, I, I, I think yeah, McCormick. There's a player there. We just need to find where we put him really. And I think where we've got four or five players in that position at the moment, it's, it's a tough one to kind of fit him in, and we're trying to put him in a position that don't suit him. Uh, going back to the Palmer thing, yeah, uh, that really really pissed me off uh, the weekend because it's like when you're you you, you say to your mum, your mum you don't want to go to school because you don't feel well. And then she goes, there's nothing wrong with you. So you start going, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're laying in bed pretending to cough, like him hobbling around. And then come Tuesday or Wednesday, sorry, he was like fit as a fiddle running around all over the place. He, I, I got the impression, and it's just me, this is my opinion on it, is that he didn't want to be injured for the Wednesday against Arsenal, which is his boyhood club. So he was not going to be playing any minutes in that game. So if he wasn't fit enough, why was he on the bench for start So that's Robbo's fault. And two, if he doesn't want to play, then... Do you know what I mean? League is more important than the Carabao Cup. It just wound me up big time. Yeah, it's a weird one because like for all the individuals in the football team, so that's Palmer, but that's also Zanev, that's also Nightingale, that's all of them. And for the manager, right? It's a bigger deal to play Arsenal. So the individual incentives are all aligned for Wednesday's the big one. But if you zoom out and take the individuals out of it and say, what's bigger for the club? The answer is the two Saturdays either side. Yeah. But it's weird because a club is just made up of people. All the people are kind of thinking Arsenal's bigger. But that's actually not true when like, you think about what's most important for us. So I understand it, but I'll, I have to say it's very strange form to be as open about it as he was. Because mm. I think he told someone the morning of in the park. I don't know if you guys saw this. He told someone in the park, like, oh, basically, I'm pulling a sickie. Yeah, no, I heard that. I think we've got to be really careful on that. And and I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to play party pooper or try and regulate us at all because I think if if people have seen it then they've seen it. I think it's really really delicate on the fact that if he if he I know live example I pulled my I did basically to bid both my ankles on Monday playing football fell over went in hospital on Tuesday Thursday I was walking and I was relatively good as gold a week later I am as good as gold so I kind of I, I can understand it a little bit. Um, but the non-warming up thing was a bit of, a, of an irritant. Now, I can kind of live with it. The frustrating thing, and we haven't got to Arsenal, but I thought he was a bit of a passenger at Arsenal, which, and, and again, I'm not saying that he could have done a lot, but what he did offer was relatively limited. It is a bit of a disappointment. Um, I felt the, the, the thing that's just very hurtful was someone like Presley could have really done with a bit of a, a, of a breather because, bless him, I, I, I do, he, he works hard and works hard and he, he won't stop running. Quality-wise, I think he's a little bit light at the moment and needs, again, needs a little bit of a... Of a I just felt that with quarter of an hour to go, Ollie pa the Ollie Palmer that came on at Gillingham might have created something that we definitely not, as Jamie said, we could have played for a month for Sundays on a, against Plymouth and not, not, not really got him near it. That's, that's the shame. But I hope, for everyone's sake, that he didn't pull a sticky and that we are wrong but the evidence doesn't look overly brilliant I have to say Yeah before we move on to Arsenal I just want to a couple of points regarding there's two things here one does it show that we, we need to bring maybe back Cosgrove or Andrews Andrews has scored five in seven all the shot looks like he's doing alright Cosgrove's doing alright at Dover if, if 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 what's his name well, Palmer does get injured which there is a possibility you know what I mean he, he, he was injured all pretty much last season we're a striker short. We have no. There was no striker to come off the bench against me. If we end up putting on, uh, what's his name? Came on the centre back. Oh, what's shocker. his name? Shocker. 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 Five two, didn't we? Yeah, he is a shocker as well. That geezer. But uh, 
he came on and then we had no striker to come on when we're trying to win a game. And the second one is we keep getting this thing regarding, uh, and Robbo says about elite mindsets and elite football and we need to be better. But it looks like Oli Palmer's running the, the football club. Do you know what I mean? So Robbo's letting him run the stuff when it's meant to be about elite mindsets. And and, and if that's the case that he he dropped a sickie, that doesn't, that doesn't bode well for me for the future. Yeah, there's a couple of things there. So we may well be a striker light. It depends what Robbo sees Dapo as. If Dapo is a striker, then we're probably just about okay. The interesting thing about that though, is that whenever I watch a game of League One football, I'm amazed at how much work the centre forward gets through. I mean, it's an unforgiving gig and the idea of calling up someone who's just going to be a little bit lightweight and not quite on it doesn't convince me, but it might be better than playing Dapo who probably can't hold up the ball up top by himself. And then on the um, Palmer one, I don't know. I mean, the truth is if you're the manager, right, you have to make a decision and you're constantly accommodating people. You probably know that Palmer's quite a lot better at this point than Presley. So you're sort of having to be pragmatic, I'm guessing. I think the other swing, let's be honest, we all would have at different points. We know we've had a little bit of a gamble in a couple of positions. And I feel that we've we've added an extra sort of centre midfield, attacking midfielder in exchange of a, of a centre forward. We know we've only got really two. We've kind of got one, we've got two in each position. And once we've gone out of those two, we're in trouble. I think we've had to have a punt somewhere because of the budget, because of the ground, because of getting the opportunity to get some quality players in the Darius Charles situation where he's basically just like a mentor for the, for the, for the players. We have, we have taken a punt on a gamble. The one good thing is we've got, I think we've still got two loans we can use and I'll be amazed if in January, if we're struggling, um, we don't, we don't look at it, but with, with Christmas, with December, uh, it was, we, we do seem light up front. And it, like, like Jamie said, if Dapo, which I think he's better coming in from the wide and coming in or playing off as a 10 and then going forward. Um, yeah, I think that's a worry. And Presley runs his heart out, but he Palmer's now hopefully going to stick. Because on his day, he's a nightmare, I think, Palmer's a proper brute. And I thought, and that was the thing that was really disappointing is that, and again, I know, Lee, you're going to go to Arsenal shortly, but that, that was that was a disappointing. I, I thought he would be this battering ram. Had, had the breather. It's the big game. He was going to go around and ruffle a few feathers, get a yellow card, lead with the elbow. And he just didn't do that at all, really. And, and I, I'm not saying it's all his fault, but there was a few moments where he could have stamped some authority and he didn't, which is a shame for all of us, I think. Yeah. Sorry, Jim. Yeah, I'd say I love that. I love that way of putting it. We've taken a gamble. And specifically, the gamble we've taken is we're one short up front, but we've probably yeah. got one more than we need at 10. Totally. Now, I think the reason why that's fine, basically, is because it means that we don't need our strikers to score 20 goals. That's exactly the reason why he's done it. That's exactly the reason why he's done it. Is he wants to spread the goals everywhere. It worked so far. And you're right, Jay. He's th- That's the whole reason why he's probably kept a chislet, brought Hartigan back and kept another midfielder is because he is hoping that the way that we play, we almost play the, the forward as a bounce, man. The ball goes back and then we're all playing. Um, you're bang right, mate. Yeah, so what do you guys reckon? I think, say, say Palmer gets injured. I think the reasoning is we can probably get a lone striker in, say, that's good enough at doing the bouncing and yep. good enough for being a lump that basically it's replaceable as a role. Um, not to say I don't love what Ollie's been doing up until about a week ago, but it's basically replaceable because we've got the quality behind. Well, I mean, ultimately, our, 
our main goal threat isn't Presley or Palmer. Our main goal threat is behind that. And we've the way that we play with one up top, which is we've had to have him as a formula, like you said, a bounce player where we got it right, off you go. They drop deeper, the, the free running behind, and that's where the damage is. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting balance. And like you said, I think there's lots of players available who you could get on loan in January who are relatively big lumps who are going to put pressure on you, as opposed to young, dynamic lads who have got proven pedigree. No, I, t- yeah, I totally agree, boys. But I think it was a good point, a good, uh, good time to move on and discuss Arsenal uh, because we are kind of alluding to that game now regarding Palmer's performance and stuff like that. Uh, first thing I want to say is, uh, with regards to the, the the way we played and stuff, I was quite actually disappointed. I think Robbo was as well, to be fair. I, I know we're playing Arsenal and they've got 45 million party. They've got Bakri Saka coming on and Smith Rowe. What a player Smith Rowe is, by the way. Uh, and, and and a few others. What's his name? Enketier. Who yeah, scored yeah. the flick? They've they've got talent left, right, and centre. What disappointed me is we didn't even have a shot on target, not one shot on target the whole game. Uh, and and two, these we keep hearing how good these players are, right, and how good our players are, and how they want to be at that level. I didn't see much from our players that you could go, yeah, they're going to be able to step up anytime soon. Some of Nestor's, Radoni's, Asal maybe still the only one I think. Henry Lawrence again, I think them two the only ones I think would. We had to step into a championship club, maybe bottom in premiership. But the rest of our squad, obviously we struggled, but we keep hearing how this has got to be a wake-up call for some of them. Like McCormick was at Chelsea and he, he nearly break in, broke in. They've got to think, well, I need to do more. I've, I've not just made it. I mean, to be honest, it, it was a little bit... I, I think the, Me and my dad were talking a lot about it and we were at the top tier. And when you're at the top tier, when you can see the bigger picture of the game, Everything, the main difference was speed of thought and speed of ball and speed of player. They were quicker. Woodyard, he he worked his socks off that bloke. But Party's five strides was Woodyard's 10. And then he literally, one ball in particular, Woodyard was almost by the ball and Party was like, you know, Inspector Gadget, go, go, Gadget legs, nick the ball and started playing. It was just, even me and my dad, were, we were counting actually, Nightingale passing it to Hennigan or Hennigan to Nightingale. And then their centre-backs, just the speed and where they receive it. And even if you just pass it to someone's back foot, by the time you move it to the front foot, that's another second gone, and they've gained four yards. And every single pass they made was perfect. And it was just the one the thing for me, the good thing I thought is I genuinely believe that our better players on the day were our academy boys. I thought Nightingale was decent. I thought Radoni ran his socks off. I'm not, I know quality and effort are very two very different things. I thought Asal worked his, his socks off. I really rate Lawrence. I thought he looked superb yesterday. Um, and again, it, it was a, uh, it, it it was, it just football matches, as we all know, being women fans, we're used to being the underdog. It's all about moments, and there were key moments, key split second decisions, the Guinness Walker penalty, which was silly, the penalty at the other end, which I don't know what you guys saw with the handball. Yeah, we should. Looked like a handball. It was again. Yeah. Maybe I'm clutching at straws. I thought the second was a possibly a free kick on Woodyard. Again, might have be a bit biased. But they're just little moments where you have the opportunity and you've got to take them in those games. And if you don't, you get you get punished. And unfortunately, in those big moments, we've we were we were just left wanting. And you can't knock the effort. We just weren't good enough. And I'm I think three 0 to be honest, from a Wimbledon point of view, I think that was fair. And I think Arsenal would be happy with that. I think everyone left the stadium. It'd have been great to be three one, wouldn't it, to score a goal? But I felt. You know what? They've worked hard. We we kept them to seventy minutes, one nil with a silly penalty. 
I, I, I can't walk away from the game feeling gutted about the game, to be honest. Yeah, I felt, I, it's so interesting you said um, it was just the speed of everything. Because I remember going to Wembley a few years ago to watch us play Spurs. Yeah. I'm just being amazed at how big, I mean, they played Sissoko, Dembele and Wanyama. And we had like, we had like whoever it was in they there. They make the pitch look massive, don't they? When you're defending and then when you're attacking, it's tiny. It's incredible. Yeah, and I just, again, just in terms of the physicality and the speed of thought and speed of movement, it was just like playing a video game on like legendary modes. Yeah. And it meant that it was really tough to get out. I was also disappointed, by the way, that we didn't have a couple of set plays at nil-nil, get the crowd up, put the keeper under some pressure. Those are the disappointing things. Um, the tackle was really silly. I know why he's done it. He's gone. Oh, of course, we all know I, why he's done it, but it's just a bit like, oh, no. And presumably you're thinking we're happy to have you in front of us. And we probably are expecting to have to deal with some balls across the face. Like it's built into the game at Arsenal. Yeah. The point is don't give away a penalty. 100%. <laughs> don't give them 1-0. Don't give them it. Don't, if, if they, don't, don't. If they pull it back and it goes in the bottom corner and well, yeah, well done them. That. Of course. Well yeah. done them. Yeah, like they're a good side. Um, I thought the midfield too for them were excellent, by the way. Just yeah. all over us. Um, and then the only other comment about the game was that, um, I mean, when did the second one go in? 70 Six, maybe 60 yeah between 60 and 70 i thought it was but yeah it might it's like it's easy to say this now but say on 65 minutes you're one nil down it would have been interesting to see whether we could have changed something not even in terms of shape or players but just in terms of the energy 77 it went in all right so i was miles off and 80 77 and 80 yeah so do you not think i mean i don't know it's hard right when you can't get the ball and you're knackered but on 75 minutes, so you're not gearing up for a moment. You're not thinking, God, a corner kick is coming in five minutes' time and that's our moment or our chance. It just felt like we were never going to quite do whatever we needed to do. But I, not I felt the Rodoni, I don't know if you remember it, in the second half, well, we, it was the only time we ever got near their box. Ball was down the right. Someone went front post, I think Mabude, and Rodoni was behind and he was free. And I thought, that's it. That's the one. If, he, if, if it goes through, that could be 1-1 and that could be it. And I felt that was... Once that went, oh, that was toast. And I thought that was that was the bit where I thought actually we might have half a chance here, but no, it wasn't to be. What did you make of um? What did you make of Arsenal as a general experience? Because uh, we were talking a little bit before we went on air about it's weird going with seven, eight, nine thousand Wimbledon fans because you can't find any of your mates. Um, no one knows the words, and. It's just, it's weird being in the ground that big. I enjoy this on one level, but on another level, I much prefer Ipswich. Before Lee, I know Lee's going to go on a rant here. We've had it before, but the only thing I had was a shame was I was top tier and it was a real shame. And I don't know what happened. And I'm not pointing fingers out because I don't know anything. So I'm not going to be the person to say things. But there was a lot, a lot of aggro at the back, particularly at the back in the middle. And I hope everyone's okay. And I hope that whoever, what's ever happened, it has been dealt with and that we get a resolution. But the entire game, and I mean the entire game, from three minutes in till 90th minute at the back, there were things thrown. There was some pretty pants language, to be honest, and just general aggro. Um, and that was that was uh, overshadowed. It. it was a great view. It was a shame to be so spread out because, like Lee said, you kind of you kind of die. It's, it's, and I think that's one of the biggest problems with new stadiums like Arsenal and Tottenham's that the the guys who co-regularly, who sit together, who chant together, it becomes diluted. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like Ribena with too much water. It just, everything gets a little bit rubbish. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it was good. It also as well, don't miss the queues to get home. Oh my God. 
just the thought of like leaving and it was just like everyone felt it was like single line from Croydon to get on that whole hybrid Lizington. It just took absolutely ages. I desperately, desperately don't miss the long queues at football matches. I mean, luckily Wimbledon, we just walk in and wherever we are, it's all right. But the thought of going to Arsenal regularly and having to wait in that queue, no thanks. Anyway, over to uh, Mr Finch. Well, give me plough lane over the Emirates every day of the week, mate. I hated every probably every minute of getting into the ground to the minute I left. I thought the Arsenal fans were an absolute joke. They were all they wanted to do was bait Wimbledon fans, and I think there's levels to football. Their level is they're a Premiership team, and they're to, they're, they're, they've got that Arsenal fan TV and all that shit. But they're just a parody of the club now. I used to have a lot of respect for Arsenal. A lot of my friends and people I grew up with are Arsenal fans, but they go home and away. I found yesterday there was a lot of people that obviously don't go Arsenal every week because obviously they can't afford season tickets, which is fine. They're £1,000 a season. I kind of get that. So they're going because it's £10 and they can get a ticket. But we we had bottles thrown at us, coins thrown at us. We had people, when they scored, they were giving it right. I've seen them, uh, the the incident in the top tier, I've, I understand, I've been told uh, that a Arsenal fan, when the first goal went in, was giving it and then spat out a Wimbledon fan. And the woman, the, the, the woman fan he spat is probably not the, the smartest idea. Uh, he's he can handle it himself, so I don't think that went down too well. Uh, and I just, yeah, some of the Arsenal fans, I just thought, I know Wimbledon fans, there was things being said about Wimbledon fans were right, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stand there and watch an Arsenal fan throw a bottle at some of our fans and stand there and clap them and go well done and just try and ignore it. I I I saw I, I saw a Arsenal fan racially abuse one of our fans. The steward heard it. Uh, I told the steward, and he said, if you want to make a complaint, you can email in and make a complaint. To be honest, the problem with, with a lot of these, and again, this is part of football that I don't miss. You, the problem is you can't blame a steward. They pay £12 an hour. They just Yeah, I get, I get it, but the steward said he was embarrassed but, by it. He heard but, it. But that's what I'm saying. You, I mean, this is the problem with football, and this is where, in my opinion, it's a real challenge, is that you've got... I mean, we had stewards there. They're paid by the hour. They literally would rather just turn up, do their job and go. I mean, you can't blame them for it. They're not there for a punch-up. They're not... They've got no actual affinity for Arsenal. They're just they're working at a company and doing it. And it just, it's, I just can't believe, and I don't know what you think, Jay, but we've had a pandemic. We've barely watched football in two years and we've come back and this is what we're doing. Like, should have been a carnival yesterday, a celebration, Wimbledon fans having a good time, Arsenal fans, you know, it, it, it came across quite touristy. Lots of guys who haven't been for ages. It just should have been a nice occasion. We've, we've had a great night out because we've done well. Arsenal have won it 3-0. You've had a great night. We all go away, shake everyone's hand and get on with it. And it, and it's such a shame that uh, we haven't learned from this there's, pandemic. We haven't learned that. You, you, it's, it's such there, a shame. There's two reasons behind this. And I, I won't make excuses for people. Uh, one, it's an 8 o'clock kick-off, 7.45 kick-off in London. So people can go up there at 3, 4 o'clock. Like we were meeting in Camden and we had a few drinks in Camden, a bit of food, then gone to the game. Uh, also, I know you're saying about a pandemic, but people have been locked up for 18 months. People have been told what they can do, what they can't do nowadays. And I think people just are fed up with being told they have to have a vaccine, they don't have a vaccine and all that kind of politics that goes on with the pandemic now, that people are going out now and they're just frustrated with life then. Uh, and, and again, it ain't an excuse, I get it. Like normal yeah. people don't do that. But do you know what I mean? I, I'm, I had a few drinks yesterday. Probably some of my actions weren't. The greatest, I obviously know where I can cross the line or not. But I, as I said, I'm not going to stand there and watch Arsenal fans throw bottles and coins at our fans. No, I, I get that. But just, I know people are frustrated, but you just can't go out and start being racist or 
particularly in front, violent in front of kids. No, because there was it, a there was a point regards Bakri Saka. I can't remember him coming on to be fair, so I didn't even notice. But I heard there was booze and there was you you let your country down. And now people are saying that that's a, it was a racist thing, which no, it's not, I don't think it is because people can, if as someone I think uh, Titch who's been on the, on the on the shows said, if that was Deli Ali coming on, and he'd missed a penalty for England, he'd be getting dogs abuse from Wimbledon fans because he played for them. So do you know what I mean? It, football nowadays, you can't. It's so you can't say things. And I, I disagree with it. I don't think Saka let his country down at all. I think he's a brilliant prospect for England. Brilliant, but I don't. I don't see that as a racist thing. I don't. As I said, I just feel that some fans wanted to get on his back because they knew he probably could change the game, which he did. <laughs> yeah, on that one, um, that was just where I was. And it's not, the, the, there's nothing about the statement itself that's racist, right? Like it's it's football fans saying you let your country down, referencing the penalty, not reference. Yeah. So on one level, that's obviously true. I think the reason it ruffled feathers, and I understand why it ruffled feathers, is because after the Euros, you basically had this like mass abuse. And it's in the context of like half, what felt like half the country, it won't have been anywhere near that, but half the country getting on his back and half the country saying, don't do that and stop with all the abuse and in some way it just felt like siding with the bad guys it felt like siding siding with the wrong team which isn't racist in of itself it's just that you're kind of on the wrong side of history on that one just because he got such a lot of abuse but the money's no, I, handy isn't it the money's handy i mean we probably well, i'd like to think if you've got fifty six thousand, then the ground may, maybe maybe 300 grand maybe if we're lucky i mean that's a decent amount of whack for us maybe 250 I, think, I don't. I don't think it'd be anywhere near that. The Spurs game. I think, think we, only, we only made about hundred grand from the Spurs game, I believe, when we played them at Wembley because it's, the tickets are so cheap. The tickets were so cheap, ten pound and five pound. So it's it's not going to be a hell of a lot of money as well. I think you take out of the things regarding. Another point I wanted to say to you boys as well was the. Uh, it was the first time the referee wasn't from. The from England, he was an Australian yeah. referee that came over from Gillen, Australia. Wasn't he? Have you seen the footage of him doing the commentary in Australia? You've seen it, Jay, haven't you? Yeah, it's magic. It's um, yeah, they really, have him, really good, wasn't he? Really good. They, yeah, they have him mic'd up, right? So he's refing the game, and it's in constant in constant communication with the players, saying the fans, like yeah. really, really leveling with them. Um, the linesmen the same. It was incredibly impressive. Just the last thing on Arsenal was um, it made me realise, and I don't know if you guys are the same here, to what big degree I go to football for stuff that isn't football. Because like, I don't know if I'd go every week, if, we, if I was a, an Arsenal fan, say, and I went occasionally and didn't know anyone and couldn't really see the football forever from and felt a distance from the players and the community, I don't know that I'd go every week. Whereas I really struggle. The only thing that stops me going to away games is if I can't afford to go to away games. I'll prioritize it because I, I love going up. I love the football. I love the experience. But just being separated from all my mates and being kind of low down, but not somehow any closer it made me think of the whole thing and just, I, I'm not sure I'd go every week as a Premier League fan. Um, I'm, I'm, Jay, I'm totally with you. And you said it earlier, you had mentioned about Morecambe away, which are, which, are, which are gone. I feel like if you're an Arsenal fan, you are you are a statistic. I think with Wimbledon, you are part of a community and you feel like you're part of that thing. I mean, I went, went there and I saw hundreds of people who I've known or seen or recognised for donkey's years and, you know, the little, what are you doing or what's going on? And you were mentioning at Morecambe, you went and there was like, well, you can share it. Well, tell us about the Morecambe day. Yeah, I mean, there was like 210 of us, right? And obviously the football was brilliant. But I loved looking around and knowing everyone. I mean, so I'm, I'm a Londoner and I went to university not in London. And you do a night out 
at university and it's a student thing and you basically know everyone. And I get back to London thinking that I quite like clubbing because, you know, I've always had a good time out. I go clubbing, don't recognize anyone. And I go, this is shite. I'm not into this. Like this is expensive <laughs> and a ball ache and I don't fancy it. And the Morecambe experience was brilliant half because of the football, but half because it's just, it's just like, I felt like I was part of a football club. Yeah. Um, and I can never imagine having that feeling as an Arsenal fan unless I was in the equivalent of whatever we have, which is, you know, the group that goes every week and it's the same pub. But even then you're looking around and thinking, I recognize none of you. And to me, maybe that's a bigger deal to me than it is most for them. I really felt that. No, I, I totally agree with you, Jeremy. It's one of the reasons why I started supporting Wimbledon and one of the reasons I fell in love with Wimbledon. I'm from Essex originally. I was born and bred in Essex, Chigwell. Uh, and I... My my mum and dad were my mum at the time and stepdad at the time, so went through a bit of a bad breakup. So my out to go out was to get when I was about sixteen was to go to Morecambe, Manchester, just to get out of the house because I didn't want to be around all the shit that was going on at home. And then you, I met my mates who are some of my best friends now. Like I met Danny from going to watch Wimbledon games. I've met yourself. I've met, as I said, a few of my really really close friends. I, I lived in Wimbledon for ten years. I end up moving to Wimbledon to be closer to my football club and be closer to the community. And I'm the so I went up to Grimsby on Tuesday nights when we drew, lost 2-0. And again, we had fish thrown at us. And uh, you get there, but you know everyone there. Mikey T was there. You knew everyone that was there. A guy called Colin who, who works for trains. You knew he was there. And, and you just, yeah, it's about being a community club. And that's where I think yesterday when I was at Arsenal, I just thought, again, I said, I said it's a parody of a club now. It's like they'd rather be social media celebrities than fans nowadays. And I think I just, we've all concluded that they can have their massive stadium and their history of their titles and all of the money of players, but I'd rather be watching the body. But I, 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 I totally agree with that. And the funniest thing about Arsenal, which I don't think they've got as a fan base yet, is that they're not very good anymore. And I don't think that f feels right with them. Like they were, they literally were so disrespectful against Wimbledon, not realizing the old Wimbledon used to batter them. Wimbledon FC used to go there and beat them one 0 and stuff. And we, you know, what I mean, really big battles with them. And that's the Arsenal that I remember that we'd Burkamp's Henrys, but we'd give them a battle and they'd play their best football they've ever played. Like Arsene Wenger said, the toughest game that he's ever played against is Wimbledon, because you knew you weren't going to get away with murder there. You knew you were going to have to play it and perform. Where now Arsenal. They're not this top four club anymore. They're not a big club anymore. They're actually a mediocre premiership club. And they've got this massive stadium, but they ain't got a great team anymore. So, Yeah, and just last thing here. Like, I often think going to the Premier League to watch games is the worst of all worlds. Because I love watching the Premier League on the telly. It's, the anal analysis is brilliant. It's comfortable. You can see the players. But like when you go to football, you're basically trading off being able to see for the most part, if you're being real. Especially if you stand where I stand at Wimbledon but you pick up on something different and something much closer. But you know, if you're sitting in the 61,000 of you and it's a turnover of 65% every week, I'm not sure it's quite the same. So anyway, I, I left feeling very blessed to be a Wimbledon fan. Mm. No, that, yeah, I totally agree. You know, a decent experience. We you know, great to see so many Wimbledon fans out and about and it was great and everyone would have their little story and seeing little kids and having their picture. And it was like a, a night out in a museum and it was fantastic and everyone's enjoyed it. We've heard a few, Bob, but you know what? Can't wait to get back to Plough Lane still, which is wonderful. 100%. As a ground hopper, I've ticked off. I've been Highbury and I've now been the Emirates, so that's one of the things. So I'm happy with that. So, right, boys, should we move on and we'll have a quick break and then we'll come back and discuss some more women and stuff. The 
The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Right, we're back, and uh, Danny has a honest question because we didn't get any this week. Even though I put it out there, I think everyone was too excited about the uh, the Arsenal game, so we didn't get any. And also, as this usually comes out on a Thursday, it's coming out on a Friday this week uh, because of. Uh, yeah, my missus giving birth and then us having Arsenal. So, Danny, what was your honest question that you wanted well, to put firstly, to me? Firstly, if people want to send any not honest questions, then we're more than open to answer it. My question to you chaps is as follows. Is this the best AFC Wimbledon Football League squad slash team? And I'm going to go to Jamie first, not you, Lee. Jamie, <laughs> hit me with it. <laughs> I, think, I think that my first instinct is no. Um, and I only say it because we're young and we're sparky and we're in the form at the minute, but who knows really how good this lot are. The second reason I sort of say no, or at least I think no initially, is because a lot of the players who weren't very good last year or the year before are now playing very well. And they're the same players. So I think who knows, everyone's playing out of their skin. With that said though, I look at the football we play in terms of passes, the movement, where the goals are coming from, the number of goals, defending set plays properly. And I can't think of another side that's better. So I'm a reluctant yes, um, but not because I think the bar's terribly high. Lee, what have you got? I'm a 50-50. I think management-wise, management team-wise, then yes, this is the best management team we've had. Robbo's come in uh, with so many different ideas, bringing in a substitution coach, bringing in the restarts coach, which in the league has worked wonders, even up to the cup run, uh, up until Arsenal. Uh, some of the stuff that he's bringing in, some of the football we are now playing, and, and you can see, you think he only was in the job last year, so maybe we've got to give him a little bit more time. Uh, but the management side, I think Rob Tuvey, we were saying we needed an experience number two. I think he's absolutely brilliant for the club. He loves Wimbledon, and I think he's probably one of the best coaches we've had. So on that side, I think, yeah, we, we, it is player-wise. I look for our squad. Zanif is probably one of the best keepers we've had as well. I know we've had Ramsdale. I'm talking about ones that were yeah, coming yeah, through. Know, exactly. We have we haven't got loans in. He's he's ours. He's been with us for years, and he, he like he again against Arsenal. He pulled off some cracking saves, but he has a mistake in him which he nearly threw one in as well. So give or take with that. Henry Lawrence coming in at right back is probably one of the best right backs we're going to see as well. Again, and we've had players like Barry Fuller and stuff like that. I'm talking technical left back. We're struggling big time. I don't big think. Yeah. I don't think Nesta's good enough. I don't. I, I can't get over why teams like Middlesbrough and stuff like. This, and that's just his agent talking. Why they're looking at him. Centre backs wise, Hennigan and Will just look unreal. But then we've had great centre backs for the years. I, I struggle at Hennigan the moment. Hennigan and Will over Darius and Robbo. See, it's a tough one because that's I, tough, I, mate, isn't it? That's what I mean, and uh, yeah, it, that is yeah. Prime Darius, Prime Robinson. Even go back to the Anthony Howard and Matt Everard's days. I know like, it's, it's different levels, yeah. but you think them two were solid for us in the, in, at that level. Uh, we I look ship at... goals. We ship goals as the only thing. Like I think of Will and Hennigan and I think, I look at them individually and think, oh, you're getting each other out of trouble. You're playing well. But then I see like, hang on, three conceded, three conceded, three conceded, three conceded. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like the Kevin Keegan way, isn't it really? We'll score more goals than, than you and we'll beat you 4-3. If you score three, we'll, we'll score so four. I, but... I, take, I take we're comparing if we're going to, if we are trying to work out whether they're the best or not, I presume we're comparing them with what the playoff winning team. That's the best team I think. The year after, no, the playoff winning team. The okay. Lyle Taylor, Akinfenwa, uh, Aziz. Aziz yeah, you had Kennedy at left back, who was a solid left back. You go for our midfield. 
Uh, we had a couple of weeks one Smith and stuff, but they were still good. But okay, striker wise, better now is the squad better now than then because I think we had a good eleven, but after the main eleven, I'm not overly convinced. Up front, we had the four though, didn't we? So we yeah, could take off two. Um, but the thing is, I can't even remember beyond uh, Reeves and Bullman, who were magic from Christmas that year. Connor Smith, didn't we? Did he Smith? Score? He started the final as well, which Tom was Beer. always. A- Tom Beer, who's better than Delhi Ali, apparently. So, um, I don't know. I tend to think that squad was so by the stage we went up, we were such a machine. Everyone yeah. knew their jobs. Everyone, there were the relationships were so strong across the pitch. Whereas this squad, we almost it's harsh, right? Because it's possible that Woodyard Hartigan becomes that. It's possible that Hennigan Nightingale becomes that. But my instinct would say that League Two promotion team. I went to football just thinking, I can't see how we're going to lose this week. Like. Like, if we're losing, we'll bring on the strikers. We, we defend properly. I just couldn't see it somehow. And I liked Kellerus in goal, by the way, too. Mm, you got some momentum that year. So do you think then, I think with that in mind, our top league one finish, 16? First year? Thereabouts. Oh, we must be, come on, we must be thinking we're going to be close to that, surely. Well, we're playoffs this year at the moment, so easily. But... Uh, Going back to the, like we've got Jamie said about our midfield this year is that you've got Woodyard and, and Hartigan and I feel sorry for Marsh that he can't actually get into the I team. I totally agree at the moment I'm because I think he's absolutely mustard. And I feel sorry for the pizza that he ain't playing. Uh, uh, and my only thing up front is I really struggle because Mbudi his first touch is a pass. He's quick as anything, and he's like Andy Clark, and he doesn't. Mate, he he's dangerous, but yeah. so good. He's so good going forward and stuff. But then you give him the like again against Arsenal, and I think there was a, a, a bit against Plymouth. If, if his touch was ten yards in front of him, and I know he's quick, but you ain't going to get that. And then Presley is nowhere near good enough. Nowhere near it. He's too lightweight. He gets pushed off the ball too easily. Uh, and I struggle with Presley big time. I, don't, I, I think he knew. We've got to remember the start we've had. We've had, a, I, I believe, a harder start than we could like. Do you know what I mean? Sunderland away, Plymouth, yeah. things like that. Bolton. I think we need a couple of games now where we can maybe show what we can do. And Presley needs a couple of goals. But I think we're going to be. Pl- I, I think we'll just be outside the playoffs this year, and we will finish the the, further, the highest we've ever finished. Actually, I love the optimism. I mean. I think just on Presley quickly, I think he'd look good in a team that required him to kind of be the finisher or be a little bit sparky. But you stick him in men's football, having to be a bounce striker, having never really done it before. And he just looks light on quality. I love that language. Um, And just very quickly on the finish, and I'm interested to see what um, you think, Danny. I think... I think I can see us tailing off quickly. I think as soon as the set plays dry up, because at some point they presumably will. And such a big percentage of our goals have come from there. And then one injury to Asal, or if Rodini goes in January, as I've heard, apparently he will. Um, then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I think we dry up and we beat the first finish from League One, but only just. I think we're 12, 12 to 18. I think I think we're just, I think we're doing great now because we've got our maximum injuries. All it needs, and we said this before, is two or three key injuries and we're in a world of, a little world. We've had, we're lucky with obviously someone like Callum Bailly's out. You lose one more centre-back, Shocker comes in and we hasn't been great. If you lose any one of that midfield, Chislett starts. I like Chislett. He's not he's not up to that level. I feel sorry for Presley because, let's be honest, we've the thing that's really ironic for us is that we're, we, like you said, we talk about bounce passing stuff. 
we've got two massive blokes we don't cross to very much. <laughs> we've got the set pieces, which is great. But in general, you'd think two wingers, get to the wing, cross it, get to the wing, cross it, flood the box of crosses. We don't, apart from a set piece. And the set pieces, we have looked decent. Palmer scored his header. But in general, we don't seem to be a crossing kind of team, which I think Presley's size, Palmer's size, we would kind of lend itself to. But I, I personally, I would be very happy anywhere between 12th and 18th. And if I had to have a little stab, I would say that we'll have a very relatively, we'll have a good season, but an uneventful end. And I reckon we'll be something like 14th. But this is interesting because there aren't many whipping boys in the league. That's the thing. I think it's one of the toughest leagues and that will be very interesting for Lee. The, the, the big one for me, I think, talking about injuries and if players get injured, I think the one that we, again, that we I mentioned a minute ago was is Zanef. If Zanef gets injured, I think we are pretty screwed. Uh, I, I, this Zaki, as much as he's probably a good lad and stuff, he's not a league one goalkeeper. He's nowhere near it, unfortunately. Uh, I know we can get an emergency loan, but then you're can, running the can risk. We, can we, though? Can I, we I, I've heard that we can. I understand that we can. So I don't know whether we can on age. I think we can, but I, I'd struggle with... You, you don't know what you're going to get with an emergency loan. We, we could get... What's it called that came in last time? I forget his name. No, he was not Sam that great. Walker. Sam Walker, who was awful. Do you know what I mean? Six foot seven goalkeeper that can't come for crosses. Uh, but, yeah, I'd just worry if Zanev gets injured. Zanev and Assal, I think, are the two ones that link us together at the moment. Zanev's brilliant in goal. And Assal just is Assal and he's brilliant. But, yeah, I, I again, I think, as you said, Danny, if we can take a boring season, I think most of us at the start of the season would have took that all day long. But now I think Jamie's right. We're looking at the team and how we're performing, how we're actually playing and thinking, actually, we can beat anyone now. Let's go for it. It's amazing how quickly you get used to it too. Like, yeah. um, you know, like we just turn up and like, oh yeah, of course this is patterns of play. <laughs> of course we're dominating the ball against a good side. Of course we're creating shots. Like, uh, what, what have you been watching for the last five years? And it's like, oh, 5-3-2 yeah. at Kings Meadow. That's what we've been watching. <laughs> so in answer to my honest question, is this the best Wimbledon team slash squad, Lee, in a word? 50-50. Great. That's two words. Jamie. <laughs> no. And the half a sentence follow-up is if they played the promotion team, they'd play all the football, but they'd lose the game. That's a full sentence. Oh, both, both of you let yourself down. That, that is a good, that is a great sentence. But well that's done, there That's a great sentence, though, to be fair, because we would play the better football, but we'd still lose the game. Um, what do you reckon, though? Well, what's your take? No. No. I think the playoff team, just about, on experience and everything else. And momentum, we were just... The moment we got that 4-4 draw, I think it was Accrington, we just went and went and went and went and went and went and went. And throughout that playoff, I just, me and my dad were like, we're going to win this. And we've got absolutely no doubt that everything was just aligned. Um, the season after was good because we got rid of Akinfema and we got Polian and, the, and we, we looked good. I think, we, I think we will just sneak a better year than that, the first year that we were up. Actually, I think we'll be 14th. But, in answer to my own question, I don't quite think we're as good as that team, squad, possibly. I think next week then we go through the playoff winning squad and we go through this squad and we pick our 11 out of the uh, two squads and yeah. see who gets in and out. Oh, I think we do that next week. Scenes. Right, we'll move on. Right, and when we come back, we'll discuss Shrewsbury. If we lose, are we on a bit of a rut and are we struggling? The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans 
for the fans. Right, we're back and we're going to be discussing the big game on Saturday against Shrewsbury away. Uh, first off, I just want to mention the greatest football story timeline. So uh, the club, uh, I think it's the club or someone at Wish, I think it's Wish, uh, Matthew Cooper, uh, are doing a crowdfund to raise £12,000. Uh, so it's to put up a timeline in the main stand celebrating achievements of Wimbledon FC and AFC Wimbledon. Uh, and what it is, you get a little picture of yourself. Like You can put any picture you want up. You can put your cat, your dog, yourself. Do you know what I mean? You send it over, you pay £10, I think it is, or they're, they're trying to get as much money as possible, but I think it's minimum £10. Uh, and then they're going to put that up in the main stand. I think it's a great idea. I think Andrew Harding on there did say something similar. I think this might have already been in the pipeline, but he, he said what a great idea that would be. And I, I think it's brilliant. And, and you can go on there. There's loads of comments and from fans and people associated, associated with the club. So it's www.crowd. So I'll say that again. www.crowdfunder.co.uk forward slash the dash greatest dash story. Uh, and that's, yeah, get on there, do that, put your pictures up and we can do, say, Danny Kevwog's penalty would be a brilliant one for me on the, all of our pictures in it. So, yeah, hopefully that'll be good. And then we'll discuss Shrewsbury now, boys. More importantly, Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury. And the reason why I say this is I work at a school which is called Shrewsbury House, which is a great school. We say Shrewsbury. Is it Shrewsbury? Is it Shrewsbury? Let's just get that out of the way now so we know where we're at. Where do we are? There's two, there's three of us. Which way are we going? Lee? I'm, 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 say, working class and Jamie's more middle class, so he's got a different accent to me. So I'll go Shrew, I'm Shrewsbury all the time. At the same time, you call Thierry Henry, Henry, which I heard earlier. I didn't want to bring it up, but now we've, now we've got to this. You did say Henry, which was worrying. What do you mean? What's his name? Thierry? Thierry. A number of times, which I'm loving. He's like a magician. Who's that? So can work with this. Jamie's Rodini. Yeah, I, did, I didn't get that Rodoni <laughs> bit either. It's Rodoni. And he's I've got to do something like wrong now. That's fine. I'm just too much for you, boys. It's Thierry, it's Thierry Henry or Thierry Henry? Henry, Henry, Thierry Henry, not Henry. Oh, I'm English. So I'm, I'm not French. I didn't, I didn't pass French in right, school. So, so we've got Shrewsbury for me, Shrewsbury for you. Jamie, you have the deciding vote. Be careful. Yeah, I... Which side of the tree you fall on this pronunciation? <laughs> I know. Yeah. I never ever feel more middle class or more more <laughs> self conscious than when we play them. I'm like, ah, uh, yeah, that's how I know I'm just embarrassingly middle class. See, I would say I would say Shrewsbury, which I'm, oh. I know, which I'm, I'm not happy about. I'm no, not you've happy gone about. with Lee, haven't you? What you've done is you've had a really wait. good opportunity here, and you've gone the wrong way. Danny, Danny, wait, is he not happy about it because he's agreeing with me, or is this not? This, this could be my last ever visit on this podcast. Oh, well, could be could be Jamie's at this rate. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> right. You know what? So for this, for the for the benefit of the podcast, we're sticking with Shrewsbury. Right, that's fine. Lee, carry on. Well, yeah, it is Shrewsbury. You put me off my fault now, right? Right. Big game on Saturday against Shrewsbury. Yeah, it's. I think this is massive because if we lose on Saturday, that's three losses in a row. If we if we don't score on Saturday, that's three games without a goal. And then I'll come back to my thing that I've been getting stick for because we've been scoring goals for fun is where do the goals come from? Once the goals start drying up, we're going to start struggling. Shrewsbury, we, I think it's a, it's a must win for me uh, to get back on a little bit of form again. Or am I, being, am I being too harsh? You are being far too harsh, in my opinion, Lee. But I think it's a very, very intro. We've been speaking about the quality of the squad. I think playing Shrewsbury away, who are not playing overly brilliant, will be a very good reflection as to where we're at as a squad. If we are over there and we don't get 
something out of the game and we don't look like we're playing well, then I think that will be interesting. I can't see it. I think we'll play quite nicely and I think we'll do well. I'm expecting us to win there. But at the same time, it will be a very good reflection on where we're at as a squad. How nice is it? I'm going, we're going there expecting to win, like away from home in the league against a fine side. Um, I think the truth is the more expansive you tend to be as a football team, the better you need to tend to play to win. Yeah. Sides that are limited, there's less variation in the quality every week and that sort of works for them. For us, I think if we go there and we've yet to show at all, we can go and win the game 1-0 and defend really well. So it requires us being on form and things coming together. And I think you are being too harsh, Lee. I think it's a, like all season we're going to do this, right? We're going to go and win two and three, then we're going to lose three on the bounce. And if we don't have expectations of playoffs, that's just fine. Um, I think if we go there and it doesn't quite click, and I think this was maybe the issue with Plymouth, it didn't quite click. And therefore, nothing happened. The one thing I'd say about us, and you've never been able to say this about us before, is we're now a side that's probably expansive enough that we require quality to grind out results. We don't have the defensive backbone and all the rest. So I do worry for us a little bit up there, um, especially if they do something Plymouth-esque. Any hangovers from Arsenal, boys, do you think? You just literally just took my question straight away. Sorry, on, sorry. I mean that, but that's that's Jeez. the synergy that we've created, isn't it? But yeah, I know. I I, I do. I was going to say, what you what would your starting eleven be? My thing about going. Sorry, Jerry, going back to regards to if it's a Plymouth. Plymouth are a decent side. They sit currently fourth in the league, lost one game. Shrewsbury have won one game against a very poor Gillingham team this year. Yeah, so Gillingham are probably going to be the only ones I can see getting battered most weeks. Uh, they've only won one game this season and that was that if we are going to be a mid-table team or if we're going to stay in this division we need to be looking at Shrewsbury and going yeah we're going to go there and get three points uh, and beat these teams but do, does Palmer start? Yeah I think ugh, I hate I hate myself for it but I've seen enough from him that I like that if he's fit and he can do it I'd rather start him and have Presley off the bench because I think Presley off the bench basically is fine um, but I just think given that it's as big a game as you say I don't fancy going up there and everything bounces off Presley and now we're a goal down and now what's going on? I'd rather just start with our best side. I think Presley might be a little bit leggy as well, maybe. We've had, I know he's had the Wednesday and he's young, but played most of the game against um, Plymouth. Played the last 20 minutes, half an hour, well, you know, probably the last 40 minutes against Arsenal where he literally just ran, chased it. Just reminds me a lot of Richard Butler. Just looks knackered every single time he runs anywhere. Bless him. What a player. What a player. He's a good player. Presley, um, Presley will end up playing, I'm convinced. Champ he'll just end up, he's a Brentford, he'll end up playing championship football. He just doesn't look like a footballer to me. Like when you no, see he him, doesn't. No, he looks like a bloke who's, not because he's played this badly, but just aesthetically, he looks like a bloke who's won a competition to play football. He just, he just reminds me, do you know when you ask like a wrestler running into the ring? That's how he does <laughs> If you watch it, what's that Royal Rumble from the 80s and you just see these wrestlers running? I'm like, that's Presley. That's wait, wait, let's not do wrestling. That's, a, that's for another podcast. Oh, but sorry. We, we, uh, but yeah, I get what you mean. To be fair, has he, has he done well? I know he scored goals for him for B, but does he, has, he, has he lived off his dad's name for... And that's why he, you know, you do get that. I, I, he has scored in Brentford B, but I don't know how, what level they're playing at against what kind of teams. I don't really pay much attention to Brentford B, to, to be honest. So other than they had Mikel Force, who's one of the best strikers I've ever seen as well, play for Wimbledon. I think you'll get 10, though. I think, he, I think you'll get 10 for us, and I think you'll get one on Saturday. There you go. There's a massive call there. That's a massive call. What do you want? What do you want on that 10? 
What do you mean we're all on that ten? I'll, I'll buy you food at the please, ground. Please don't tell me we've started the the books of the Finch Baker curry betting. I'm, See, I'm more I'll, than happy to do this. I'll buy you any any food you want at the ground for for Presley's not getting ten this season. This is, is our league is our league goals just well, I'm, I'm just saying goals yeah he's already got eight <laughs> well, yeah. I think he's got he's got at least three or four though yeah, he's, he's got he got one he got a penalty against in the league didn't he, he got a penalty in the league scored a goal against um who was the Portsmouth. team Portsmouth I reckon he might have three you know speaking speaking of scoring three by the way Shrewsbury have only scored uh four all year yeah. And we've scored 15. So when I now having read that, I think, okay, probably we need to just go there and decide we're better than you. A bit like we did at Morecambe. We're better than you and we're going to play you off the park. Um, reading that. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm looking at Shrewsbury and thinking this is, we we got to be a gun up there and thinking this is a game for me that we have to win. I, I'd, I'd drop, I'd not drop Hartigan. I'd give Hartigan a rest. He's played literally, I think, every minute as an ER from other than one game. I'd bring Marsh in with Woodyard, fresh legs. I think we're going to need to after Wednesday. Wednesday was, we got, we were running about all over the place. And that's Stupid what teams are asking to do. I think one of them. Do you know what I mean? So I'd bring Marsh in. Maybe that's why he didn't come off the bench at all, because we're trying to save him. Palmer, he does start for me. I Again, I, I agree with Jamie as, as much as he annoyed me. I, I do love him. I think he's a great lad. And he if he is fully fit, then I think you need to start him. I I really need to see us playing two up front. I don't get how I, I don't know how we do it though, because you kind of then lose the sale, you lose McCormick and things like that. And I think if you play two up front, I don't know how you play McCormick, Radoni, and a sale as a three behind. Well, I don't know because you're also if you're playing two up front by and large, you're either going to play one uh, holder, which is Woodyard, and then you bring everyone forward to bring it in, or you lose a part of. Our dynamic, but we can't play. T- I don't know, and I haven't seen Mabude played up front a little bit of Plymouth uh, with with a sow, and that just didn't work. I think, um, um, sorry, Jamie, I think Mabude's best off the bench because of his pace, uh, and you see that against Bolton when he absolutely crucified them when he come on. I, I'd play two holding. I always like to have two up front, but if we're, we're not going to, I'd have McCormick, a sow, and Palmer. I think. Sorry, Jake, I mean. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's such an interesting... Because I was going to mention earlier in the pods that like I have always been attached to two up front. I think when you play two up front, you're immediately more exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. And even when it's not working, it's kind of always just one good ball away from working because you have someone up there. With that said, it's too complicated now because in order to go two up top, all of a sudden, now the wide midfielders are going to end up having to do lots of industrious stuff that they're not very good at. And now we've lost the 10, really. Um... I like the idea off the bench of going um, Mabude in behind, like stretching, making the pitch nice and big. But I think we've, by gambling on the extra 10, we've just committed to to one up top all year, basically. See, because my thing about one up top is if that one up top isn't having a great game, he can easily be taken out of the game. Like I think against Plymouth we saw, against Arsenal we saw. You take out our one striker and, and we were kind of struggling in, in the final third. But yeah. I don't know. So anyway, we'll go with because Dan's totally bottled that bet. We'll go predictions. I haven't on... bottled a bet. I haven't bottled it at all. I'm just trying to think of a way of me putting you saying something, Darth, and then me backing up. <laughs> we should you open want... a book. Let's you open me... the book up. You want I'll me to say because most people know me and know that I will say something, Darth, that you know you're going to guarantee get free food out of it. 
Well, I, no, well I, I'll tell you what, listen. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, this, is the deal. this is the deal. I will take the Presley bet. Anyone listening to the podcast on the Twitter, you need to write down how you say Shrewsbury. Okay. And I'm what? saying now, Lee, you need to do one of them survey things. What how do you, do you say it? Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury? Let what the fans mean? decide. Let the but fans decide. But they're going to be writing it, and only, you can only no, write no, it one way. No, no, Shrewsbury or Shrewsbury, Danny's Wait. way or Lee's way, and they can vote. I'm I'll telling take, you now. I'll you know, need to, I need to take the bet once I've seen how many goals Presley's already got, because I think you're trying to proper stitch right, me I'll up. Find to get, I'll find out for you. No, it's fine. I'll find out for you now. What, what do people up there say? I've said Shrewsbury. up there intentionally. Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. Well, then, yeah. then probably it's Shrewsbury. Locals say Shrewsbury. No, oh, do like, they now? No, no, but I had margaritas in a Shrewsbury pub and they went, welcome to the, the most famous Shrewsbury pub in Shrewsbury. Funny that. We went to a place which looked like the bloke, the, the pub from Shameless, the jockey, <laughs> around the corner in, in, in Shrewsbury. And they were like, welcome to Shrewsbury. What would you like? So, <laughs> yeah. off. Well, uh, well, we, we must have been there. Must be, depends on what side of the river you're on in Shrewsbury. But anyway, let's go predictions why Danny's trying to find out how many goals he's got. And I will check this, Danny, because don't tell me he's already got no, like, one. Fact, check me. I appreciate it. You tell me, yeah, he's only got one goal this season and then really he's got six. Right. Well, you predictions. Get 10 regardless. It doesn't matter, yeah. does it? He ain't getting 10. Predictions. Jamie, what's, what's your prediction Saturday? The last time I was on, it was the week before we beat Accrington 5 1. And I said 1 0 one nil Accrington Stanley. So, <laughs> so. I remember that as well. Yeah. I that. <laughs> so I'll, I'll keep, I'll keep uh, as pessimistic and say 1 0 Shrewsbury. Hoping for the same. So you just change it as well now to Shrewsbury when you were saying Shrewsbury earlier. Yeah, what it's tough. I'm, I'm a sponge, but also we're, we're talking. You're, like, you're a turncoat. That's what you are, Jamie. We're, we're talking to a man who works at works at a school of the same name. I think we've got an authority on the podcast here. He's a PE teacher. He's not like he teaches English. <laughs> oh, well, not that at all. Stephen, Stephen, Aaron Presley has had four shots, three on target. One goal. Right, yeah, getting ten. Because I thought he might have scored three. <laughs> and he's no, only he scored four. more than that. He scored. He scored two. Because he yeah. definitely scored Pompey, and he definitely scored a penalty against Bolton. I could. I could have. That's too confident. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure you're right here. Right, you can have. You can have two goals. He's got two goals. What about get... three? Could I have three? No, you can have two, and he ain't getting ten goals. Two and I, right. if By the gets, way, if he gets sorry, ten just, goals, sorry, Glenjo. Sorry, just speaking of goals and and how many. Bert and Albion have the exact same record as us, right, this year. Same wins, draws and losses, same played. They've scored six times in their games. Wow. We've scored, we've scored 15 times to get the same record. I mean, I'd rather watch us every week, but... Absolutely. I know that because I keep getting stick because I said, I always say, where are the goals coming from? And then every time we score three away from home, I get loads of messages going, where are the goals coming from, Finch? But anyway, that bet's on food. For the winner, if Fresley gets 10 goals, I'll buy end you End of food. the year? We're talking but end of the year, aren't we? We're talking about the end of the season, not the end of the year. The end of the season, mate. End of the season, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, end of, actually, end of the year. That could be... Uh, we've only got a couple months left, so... Yeah, but I'm, talk, I'm talking about training goals as well. <laughs> end of the season, yeah. And we're, we're at the FA Cup, mate. We're going to be at the FA Cup first round like we normally are. Anyway, Danny, your prediction, because we are going on in time. 3-1. 3-1, wouldn't we? I don't have any doubt. I think we'll get out of the block well. They, well, they'll score because we always like conceding. Probably Bowman, I think, is quite a good player up, up front. Um, special mention, Steve Cotterell. Hope he's still doing all right. Um, yep. Big, yep. big Wimbledon fan of Steve Cotterell in particular. So, so I hope we don't do him. And I like them, mainly because they're blue and yellow. But I just I like them as a club. I think they're quite cute. So hope we beat them and then they stay up. But I can't see it. I think they're probably struggling. 
So three one. Fair play, fair play to the shout to Cockrell. Shrewsbury, I couldn't give a shit about nothing club. I, I was saying about disrespectful Arsenal fans earlier, and there's now me saying that. But, uh, Salop, do you know this? Have you read yeah. This? They're called but, I don't really know what the Salop thing is, but there we are. When you, when you go to Shrewsbury, you can find out. But uh, my, my prediction is 2-0. Palmer's going to score both. He's going to kiss the badge. He's going to lift up his shirt, and it's going to say... you're going to forgive him for And he's going to say, fuck the one was at a dream podcast. So... <laughs> But yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, two and, nil, two nil Palmer. Yeah, and then sorry, Lee, that's that's the shirt that comes on, off off for the second one. You know, the one under the under one. <laughs> yeah, don't think so. Right, let's let's finish there, boys. And uh, Jay, Jay, you're going Shrewsbury on Saturday, ain't you? So yeah, for better or for worse. Well done, Jay. Uh, Danny, you're not going up there, are you? No, because I'm going to Shrewsbury. <laughs> and I would be, but as many people have heard, I have a newborn at home, and the missus will has her thumb fully on my head for the next eighteen well, years. Right, now. But you know what? There's in life that's important, and we're um we're very very blessed that you've brought yet another budding footballer into the world. <laughs> Thank you ever so much for that. Well, well it's Cheers, been boys. A Thanks very much for joining me tonight. Well, Ciao, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.